Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. As we remember those lost in the Holocaust this Shabbat, we're going to spend some time today looking into God's heart for the Jewish people. And in seeing this, we see a glimpse of God's heart for all of mankind. Right, Dean? So good to see Dean here and Missy. So what a blessing. Genesis chapter 12. This, this is a message for all of us, really, in the world. This message in particular, this blessing and, and curse, is, has, has to do with how people treat the Jewish people. But, but we're going to see how, and this picture is painted, how this relates to all of us in so many different ways. Genesis chapter 12. Let's hear what God says to Avram, uh, who would eventually become, of course, be Avraham Avinu, Abraham our father. Verse 1, then Adonai said to Abram, get going out from your land and from your relatives and your father's house to the land I will show you. My heart's desire is to make you into a great nation, to bless you, to make your name great so that you may be a blessing. My desire is to bless those who bless you, but whoever curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed." Whew, man, what a powerful scripture. You know, it's interesting. We share this uh, uh, frequently to our non-Jewish brothers and sisters to encourage them to bless and support the nation of Israel, of, of Israel and such, and, uh, and, and rightly so. But we see here the big picture of what's going on. God says, I'll bless them that bless you in your seed, meaning the Jewish people. I'll bless those who bless the Jewish people, I will curse those who curse the Jewish people. This is crystal clear. What was God doing? God was at this moment choosing Avraham. He was choosing Abraham and his seed to be a chosen people in order for them to be a blessing. So, so he chose the Jewish people before a purpose to be a blessing. And beyond this, blessing the Jewish people would, would get you a blessing and cursing the Jewish people will get you a cursing from the God himself. Okay, now why did God choose the Jewish people? He chose the Jewish people for a purpose. As he said in Genesis chapter 12, why this is important, whether you come from a Jewish background or a not of a Jewish background, it's important that you understand the nature of God, right, Cindy? Because in this we can see the whole big picture of God's intentions and his heart. He says he chose the Jewish people as a chosen people to be a blessing. Deuteronomy chapter seven, also in the Torah, the, the Lord tells us a little bit more about him choosing us, the Jewish people, as a people. What does he say in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6? He says to Israel, you are a holy people to Adonai your God. 
From all the peoples on the face of the earth, Adonai your God has chosen you to be his treasured people. Out of everybody in the whole entire world, God chose you to be his treasured people. Am Segulah, okay? God chose the Jewish people explicitly. This is where we get the expression, the chosen people. Is that something that we came up with? No, God came up with that as, as the, his chosen people. This is God's uh, verbiage, if you will. And that's absolutely amazing. And it's, and it's uh, remarkable to think that, uh, uh, you know, there's so many people in the world out of all the people God chose the Jewish people. It's remarkable. It's unbelievable. It's, 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 uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to understand and put it all in perspective. Why? Because right when our Jewish head begins to puff up a little bit, then we read the very next verse. What does the very next verse say? So you got to read the very next verse. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7 says, It is not because you are more numerous than all the peoples that Adonai set his love on you and chose you. For you are the least of all peoples. <laughs> Rather, because of his love for you and his keeping the oath, he swore to your fathers, such as Abraham, like we just read. Wow. See, my friends, this is very important to understand. You have to understand it's of critical importance. God chose the Jewish people for sure. The chosen people, no doubt, unequivocally. Chose them, though, for a purpose. For a purpose. What? To be a blessing. What is the blessing? To bring the world the word of God and to bring the world the Messiah. This is the purpose that God has chosen the Jewish people to be a blessing to the world. And so therefore, whoever blesses the Jewish people will be blessed. Whoever curses the Jewish people will be cursed. God chose us to be a blessing. It's not because we are better. We are not better. This is important to understand contextually so that we understand our our joint heir roles in Messiah, Jew and Gentile alike right here. No, we are not better. In fact, the scripture says we are the least of all peoples. Yet kind of like the special forces, God chose us for an important mission. God chose us for an important mission, my friends. This is, this is the purpose of being, if you will, the chosen people. But friends, I'll tell you this. Being the chosen people has come at a cost, horrific cost, because we have to establish something, my friends, and this will make intuitive sense to you if you think about it, Jew or Gentile alike here. Whatever and whoever God chooses, the adversary, Hasatan, hates. Now, doesn't that just make intuitive sense? If God chose a special people, if God chose a special people, why? To declare his greatness so that it would be clear that it was him through the Jewish people and not our, our, us in and of ourselves. So if our purpose as a Jewish people is in many ways to bless and to show the greatness of God, because that's part of our role as Jewish people also, is to, to demonstrate and to show the greatness of God. So if that's part of the purpose of our people, then it only makes logical sense if you believe in a God and in a Hasatan. 
then it only makes logical sense that the devil is going to disproportionately hate the Jewish people. That just makes sense, y'all. It's interesting, if you study the scriptures, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, talks about Michael, Michael, being, of course, the archangel. Michael's the archangel. Of course, there's a couple of them, maybe. We know that. But Michael is, if not the top angel, one of the top angels. And, and Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, specifically says that, that, that Michael is an archangel who stands guard over the Jewish people. He, he's an archangel, if not the archangel, and he's specifically assigned to guard over the Jewish people. We read that right in the word of God. Why would the archangel needed to be in charge of one small people group? Because the devil hates us. Straight up. The devil hates us. Disproportionately, he seeks to destroy us. That's why there's been so much immense persecution in the history of the world against the Jewish people. This is the reason why it's happened, why the Jewish people have been so unbelievably persecuted even to this very day. If you, if you study even what's going on today, thank God for the United States of America as a bastion of freedom and, and, and support comparatively um, for the Jewish people, but, but, but America, to a certain extent, over, if you look at the last hundred years, has kind of been a, helping to hold back the tide of anti-Semitism, which is ravishing the world again, 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 and we see it here in America, too. It's interesting. Think about this. I did some, some research on this, and this is, Lynn, you'll find this very amazing. I, I, I found it amazing being a, a, a student of Jewish history, right? This, check this out. Research from world-renowned Israeli demographer, professor, uh, professor Sergio Adela Pergola of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, demonstrated that if not for the Holocaust, the world Jewish population would be closer to about 30 million people today instead of 15 million. Now you think about that. We're already in a magnitude of almost double the population. And with population comes everything else, right? You know? If you look at the, beyond that, if you look at the B'nai Anusim, these were Jewish people who were forced to convert to Catholicism. In the, in, the, in the Inquisitions, the Spanish, you know, usually you're Sephardic Jews. If you look, they, they estimate their descendants today might be as high as 100 million. Additionally, if the Jewish people were not slaughtered and removed by the Romans, world Jewish population would well exceed over 100 million people today. And that's a conservative number. You factor in all the different persecutions of the Jewish people throughout history, from the Great Revolt to the Bar Kokhba Revolt, from the Crusades, the Inquisitions, the pogroms, and yes, the Holocaust. Taking into account all these factors, former chief of staff to former Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, Dove Wiseglass, estimated that there would be north of half a billion Jews alive today. Yeah, I know. That's what I said, too. Isn't that interesting? Half a billion. We're talking about greater than the population of the United States, about 500 plus million. 
Now that's an estimate. Is it okay? What if it's highly exaggerated? And it's only a quarter billion. And yet, we are 15 million. Now you think about that. We're 15 million people, almost entirely because of persecution. Friends, I got that's there's only one word for that demonic. First Thessalonians chapter two. Isn't that that's just so interesting? That really struck me as just wow. The adversary is against us, y'all. We need people to stand with us. First Thessalonians chapter two. Brother or sister, recognize that Satan, Hasatan, the devil tries his best to thwart the purposes of God. You have to recognize and realize this because this is true not only in regard to the Jewish people, but regarding you and your plans too. The adversary is a liar, like they were singing, the musicians sang a little bit earlier. The adversary is a liar, he's a father of lies, and he hates us. He's a, he's a killer. He, he tries to come, still kill, and destroy. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Rabbi Shaul was speaking to the congregation in Thessalonica. And listen to what even the great Rabbi Shaul says, disciple of Rabbi Gamaliel. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, Paul says this, But brothers and sisters, after we were orphaned by separation from you for a short time, in person, not in heart, we were all the more eager in our longing, our great longing to see you face to face, for we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, more than once, but Satan thwarted us. Okay, this is right there in the Bible. You don't have to believe me, believe what the word of God says. Make no mistake, brothers and sisters, the adversary seeks to thwart what God wants to do in your life. He seeks to thwart what God wants to do even in your life. And he will win battles on occasion. Here it is, Paul saying, hey, listen, the devil thwarted my plans. But I thought Paul was the great and mighty Paul. He could do whatever he wanted to. He, he was real close to God. Yes, he was. But the devil, he says, the devil thwarted his plans. The devil will win battles on occasion. Don't think that he will not. Because if you do, you will be crushed when it happens. No, just like Paul says, Hasatan is able to thwart us at times. We must remember the Holocaust in parts because within it we can see the face of evil and how the adversary tries to thwart the plan of God for his people. Believe you me that the... That the the, through the Holocaust, the devil was trying to thwart the plan of God. It's so clear to see if you know anything about the Bible. And he had a tragic amount of success in trying to thwart the plans of God. Trying to. Philippians 1, but you got to remember this, friends. You got to remember this. Oh, achim va'achayot, brothers and sisters. You got to remember this. This is true in your life too. Accept this and receive this for your life, my beloved friends. Philippians 1, verse 6 says this I am sure of this very thing 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Messiah Yeshua. Whew, boy, amen is right. Man, I needed that. Oh, I needed that. Oh my gosh, you need to remember this, brothers and sisters, when the hard times come. Because the hard times do come sometimes. We got to remember this. Recall this when things don't go according to plan. I'll tell you this, I certainly did not plan on having a year almost where we didn't have people in here for services. That's for sure. Where typically Friday and Saturday be packed every week. Not, not, not the way I planned it. Devil certainly try to thwart plans. He's trying to thwart your plans all the time. But God who began a good work in you will stick with it to the completion in the Messiah Yeshua. He'll carry it on to completion. Praise God. Praise God. See, because see, God has the big picture in mind. He sees what is needed way better than we see what is needed. And God knew you can turn to Ezekiel 37. And God knew, my friends, that despite the tragedies of the Jewish people, man, you look at history. I mean, I ran through the list of all the things that have happened to the Jewish people. Attack after attack after attack after attack, persecution after persecution, tragedy after tragedy, genocide after genocide after genocide. I mean, listen, come on. And, 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 and that doesn't even go back to I've, the Maccabees. And boy, if, if uh, you know who had had his way in Persia, Haman. Very good, very good. I was testing you there. You were, you were on. You were on. You were on it. I, I gave you a little hint of a warning that it was coming. And boy, but you were right on top of it. I hope you booed at home. You know, you're okay to boo at the screen. As long as you're not booing me. Okay, listen to me. You can't boo the rabbi, even if you're at home. You know why? Because when you come to services and you sit here, first of all, you can't put your feet up on the pew in front of you like you do in your lazy boy. No, 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 no. And then you can't, you know, like, uh, um, you know, harass the rabbi from the pews here like you might do at home. You don't do that, okay? You can't boo the rabbi. Okay, here we go. <laughs> In, in light of, of all the, the terrible things that have happened to Jewish people, consider part of the vision of dry bones. When God prophetically speaks of the resurrection of the Jewish people, I mean, think about this in light of even the Holocaust, because despite the Holocaust, God said that he would restore us. Friends, can you imagine, even back in the book of Ezekiel, God is prophesying through his prophet Ezekiel about the restoration and resurrection of the Jewish people as a nation. And yet, you know, gosh, if you, if you were in Ezekiel's time, you might have thought, wow, thank God he's going to revive us, he's going to resurrect us, bring us all together, you know, Israel, Judah, all together, back in the land of our forefathers and the land of Israel, and, 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 and all, everything's going to be great. And so you think, wow, boy, is that going to happen? And then, boy, Century after century, millennia after millennia of tragedy and torment and, and battles lost and, and horrific things. Gosh, man, you, you think after a while, is, is this really going to happen? Is this Ezekiel 37 really going to take place? I mean, after this many years, after this many centuries, after this many millennia, it's so interesting to consider 
But as we look through the, through the lens of time, and look, even, even in the last, even in some of your lifetimes, the Holocaust, and yet we see what? The blue and white flag. In our day. Are you kidding me? It's in our day. This happens in our day, at least in part. Ezekiel 37, I'm not going to read the whole prophecy. We'll start in verse 11. Then he being God, then God said to me, Son of man, these bones, it's a vision of a valley of dry bones. These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are cut off by ourselves. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says Adonai Elohim, Behold, I will open your graves. I will bring you up out of your graves, my people. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. You will know that I am Adonai when I have opened your graves and brought you up out of your graves, my people. I will put my ruach, my spirit, in you, my breath, and you will have life and you will live. I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I, Adonai, have spoken and that I have done it. It is a declaration of Adonai. Wow, wow. Oh, man, it's so right. Friends, can you even take this all in? It's, it's amazing. Think about it. Truly, the greatest physical evidence we can see of God's true existence today is the nation of Israel. That is the greatest evidence that the God of this book is the God, is God, is physically that you can see is the nation of Israel today in that blue and white flag. That's why I'm excited about Yom Ha'atzma'ut next Shabbat. Don't miss our Yom Ha'atzma'ut celebration next Shabbat afternoon. It's gonna be so much fun. Friends, it exactly fulfills biblical prophecy, Ezekiel 37. Exactly fulfills biblical prophecy. It's absolutely amazing. God has the big picture and, God, and God's love for the Jewish people is eternal. It is eternal. Deuteronomy chapter four. It's absolutely amazing, God's eternal love for the Jewish people. Man, I'm excited about the nation of Israel, as you can tell. <laughs> I think a lot of you know by now, but man, this tour, I've, we're, we're, I'm doing a tour this October, beginning of October, first two weeks of October. If you can get away, man, come on with me to Israel. If you want some information, email the office. We'll, we'll send you to the travel agent who has all the details. There is nothing like being in the nation of Israel because then you are standing in prophecy fulfilled and in a miracle. You know, it's so interesting. We go to Israel, and it's not just a place where the things of the Bible happened. It's also where the things in the Bible are happening, present tense, and for that matter, will happen, right? Phyllis, right? Will happen. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31 says this, For I deny your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Right, Tom? For Adonai, your God, is a merciful God. He's not gonna, he's talking to his Jewish people right there, right? He will not abandon you or destroy or forget the covenant. My friends, God made serious promises to Israel and the Jewish people, and he won't forget. He won't forget. And quite literally, quite literally, the powers of hell 
have fought these promises for millennia. Why? Because, friends, if the adversary eradicates the Jewish people, he proves God a liar. And he's tried over and over and over again. But prophecy after prophecy after prophecy says that God has his hand on his Jewish people. And my friend, the Nazis couldn't defeat God. Even today, countries threaten Israel and the Jewish people. Have you watched the news? Have they not learned? Have they not learned? When God says it, it's over. Game over. Checkmate. Oh my gosh, you see it even today. Let's prepare to conclude in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. See, because, man, you got to understand when God promises something, he's a covenant-keeping God. He is a covenant-keeping God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, as he has promised this to Israel, but you see this relates to everybody, and here's where I'm going to tie it all together, friends, Jew or Gentile. Get ready, it's really beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For in him, in God, in Messiah, all the promises of God are yes. Therefore also through him is the amen by us to the glory of God. This is unequivocal, right? This is, this is straight up, point blank, you know, game over. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yes and amen. That's the promises of God. If God promises something, if God covenants something, it's yes and amen, period. Now, it may not always seem like it. Why? Because thousands of years of history looked like it wasn't yes and amen for Israel and the Jewish people. But friends, God promises it's yes and amen. It's yes and amen. Praise God. Beloved, some people some people out there I hear wish, I sometimes hear this, some people out there wish that they were Jewish to be, quote unquote, the chosen people. And it's, it's, friends, it's been a profoundly heavy weight. See, brothers and sisters, God does not make mistakes. God did not make a mistake in making you whatever you are. If Jewish, then great. If Gentile, then great. Why? Because as a Gentile, you can take hope in the message sent by God through our Jewish people as to his faithfulness and his ability to fulfill his promises. Because he makes promises to you as well. God has promised you eternal life if you believe in Yeshua. Hello, oh friends, you see how this all comes together? Believe it. My, my Jewish or Gentile friend, if you have put your faith in Moshiach, in the Messiah, God has promised you eternal life. Believe it. Yes and amen. Why can you believe it? Why can you be sure of it beyond any shadow of a doubt? Look at how he's fulfilling his promises to Israel. Look at what he's doing, fulfilling what he said thousands of years ago in a book that you can read, that you can see, that you know was written thousands of years ago, when the odds are so stacked against the Jewish people, no other country or people in the world has ever experienced anything like this restoration after thousands of years not being in their own homeland. 
And yet we see it happen coincidentally with the one people group that God specifically says is his chosen people. Hello, God's promises are yes and amen. If he promises you, brother or sister, eternal life, if he promises you wonderful things as you follow him, then you can take it to the Chase Manhattan of Israel. (laughs) Because brother and sister, he is a covenant-keeping God. And my Gentile brother and sister, your love and attachment to his Jewish people further demonstrates your own understanding of his purposes in the world and also shows the fervency of your own faith in him. Because if God says, I have chosen this people as my treasured people, then you as a Gentile, if you're watching online or if you're here, you're listening maybe, then you as a Gentile person say, Wow, if God has chosen his people as his treasured people, I want to love his people too. Because I love God. Oh man, that shows something very special. Thank you. Thank you to my righteous Gentiles. My, the righteous Gentile brother or sisters here, our beloved, and those of you watching or listening from all over the world, the righteous Gentiles, thank you. We, we need you partnering and locking arms with us. The power of a, a Messianic congregation is Jew and Gentile together worshiping the God of Israel. Man, there's great power in it. Thank you. That is a place of encouragement for all of us. That is a point of hope for all of us Jew and Gentile alike. This is the God that we serve that even though the adversary throws everything he can against us, and this applies to your personal life as well, even though the adversary throws everything he can against us, and even though we suffer greatly at times, yet God is faithful and he fulfills his promises to us. The title of my message is Yes and Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if you are here today and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, if that's you, allow the Lord to come and change you on the inside. Maybe you're watching or listening. You've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. You've never given your life to God, but you'd like to today. Lift your hand and we'll pray if that's you. Is there anybody? Is there anyone? If you're watching online or if you are listening to the podcast and you are ready to commit your life to the Lord, repeat this prayer after me. Wherever you're at, just do it out loud. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you and ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, God. In Yeshua's name, amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, the Lord has changed you. I had a call this week from a, a Jewish brother and his, his wife, and, and they had been in contact with us, and we contacted them back. And actually, I asked uh, our brother Goldberg to, to give him a call, and he shared with him the good news, and he also said the prayer to receive Yeshua into his heart. This Jewish man, praise God for this. This this is needed if you're watching friends consider this the Lord came for Jew and Gentile alike 
And if you're here and, and maybe you've started to doubt the promises of God, everything that's been going on with COVID, the isolation, the, the, the division, the, the questions that people are not seeing eye to eye on and, and the depression and everything, it, it can so easily make you question, God, is this all true? What am I going to do? Is this all worth it, friends? The promises of God are yes and amen. Is God really going to restore me and my family? Is He going to take care of me? Am I going to be okay? Is, is, there, is there things I need to do? Is, is, what, what even does this all mean? Is, is God even real, friends? The promises of God are yes and amen. Look at the blue and white flag and, and think of the odds. It's astronomical. It's God's testimony to the world today of the truth. So if that's you, I want to pray for you right now. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray encouragement. I pray encouragement for anybody who's been struggling, especially as a result of every, all the crazy stuff going on in the world and the modern-day plague that has enveloped our society and all the incredible division. Lord, I pray for encouragement. Lord, encouragement, God, that you still reign, that you are with us. God, and that once you make a covenant, a promise to us, it is a done deal because your promises are yes, and we say, amen. And so, Lord, I thank you for this, God, and I'm encouraged by this. I hope that everybody here, Lord, encourage everybody, both here, watching, and listening. I thank you for these things and bless you for them, God. B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray, amen. And amen. Oh my goodness. I hope you enjoyed this service. Joel's going to be closing us. And, and, and then we're going to have a closing song. But you just enjoy yourself. What a blessed Shabbat this is. Don't miss Yom Ha'atma'ut next Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.com. Org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.